Julian Dutton, um, an incredible screenwriter for the BBC. He's won BAFTAs. I've got a BAFTA award winner on my show. I'm going places. The lovely Lucy will be interviewing Julian about his successes, um, starting from a very young age, always into writing and uh, directing, um, resulting in him doing amazing shows for the BBC and also doing a stage production of Last of the Summer Wine. Uh, I've never seen the show, but I've heard it's quite good and I do like having a bottle of wine. I'm not going to lie there. This is Julian Dutton. And if you've got your opinion on the interview, uh, email the team at trackbackpodcast.yahoo.com. Follow us on Instagram as well at trackbackpod. Tell us what you thought. We'd love to hear from you. On this week's podcast, I'm joined by the brilliant impressionist actor and BAFTA award-winning writer, Julian Dutton. Julian has written for radio and TV, including Chuckle Vision and Pompadour. Welcome to the show, Julian. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Battling on, Lucy. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining. To get an idea of your style of theatre work, do you tend to take a script already written or do you devise and write your plays? Well, in my career, I've sort of done a bit of both, actually, Lucy. I've, um, I started off as an actor in rep and um, touring and the usual things, a few stints in the West End. So they were obviously plays that had already written. I was a job actor, did bits of TV, Juliet Bravo and all those things to build. And so I was basically just an actor for about 10 years. So there were other... But then when I got to about sort of late 20s, I... Many actors do, I think. They, I thought to myself, well, why not start writing my own stuff, you know? And uh, yeah. so I started writing. I toured a play. I wrote a play and I toured that. And then I began writing for radio and television, which, um, but I always made sure I was performing in the shows. I wrote. Yes. Oh, why not? But that's how it right started. I think many, many actors um, sort of turned to writing to write themselves parts, really, which is exactly what I did. Exactly. Sometimes you've got to create your own work. And if you do that, yeah. you can create your own, the character you want to play. Well, exactly. It's an it's ideal, really, because you're, uh, you're, you know, you're sort of writing stuff that's your, you did, as you did do. Um, I mean, I, I sort of veered more into comedy uh, in my late 20s. And so I was doing stand up uh, as an impressionist. And um, that's how the writing really kind of took off, really. I was writing comedy for and then I started writing sketch shows. Yeah. Things like that. It was when I sort of began moving into comedy rather than just straight theatre that I kind of found that was my world. Yeah, you seem pretty good at it. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you to say so. You know, one tries one's best. And, uh, sometimes it comes off and sometimes it doesn't, but that's, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I've been very lucky. I've had, you know, radio and TV shows and sort of impression shows. I've been touring. You mentioned um, my impression shows. Yes. So that's uh, mainly sort of theatre, theatre touring that I've been doing in the last few years. Yes. Um, the last one I remember you doing was the. Do you think, do that's, you think wise? that's wise? That's right. Yes, I remember you yes. touring that. Um, that's right. Yes. And that's, that was that was more of an impression show, wasn't it? Well, yes. Um, Basically, most of my career, I've been writing sort of TV and radio impressions, impression with Alistair McGowan, Secret World on Radio. I'd always been doing an impressionist act on stage. Okay. But a few years ago, I thought, why not extend just from being a sketch? You know, like you see on television, a sort of uh, 
what gave you the inspiration for doing it on Dad's Army? Because that one's to do with Dad's Army, isn't it? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Just for those listeners who don't know, um, my first um, sort of big stage tour was a, jo- a show on the life and times of John LeMessurier, yeah. Argent Wilson in Dad's Army. What I wanted to do was extend an impression of length shows, just to make it more interesting, so an audience could really, you know, really get behind the character and learn mm. more than just. So John LeMessurier, I, I basically um, was him throughout the entire show and. Uh, toured all over the country for years so that was great yeah it was quite a quite a long run considering some some tours only yes. last a little while well dad's up the thing about touring is people don't you know there are dozens of well in the days before the pandemic obviously there were mm. dozens and dozens of shows touring around and there's a still a very strong touring theater infrastructure there because yes. rep in recent years has gone down really there aren't many reps no, and I noticed that, yeah. So really, theatres mainly take in touring shows, and there are hundreds of them. It's just that people only tend to sort of know what's going on in their own town. If yeah, they're lucky to have or, if you, or they might hear the War Horse or uh, one of the other big shows is yeah. touring, and that's about all you hear. Absolutely, or go to the West End or whatever. But every yeah. most towns in Britain have, have a theatre. There used to be reps, but now they are mainly... They, they take in shows. They take yeah. in and, and a show performs one or one night stand there. Like, uh, you know, Ken Dodd, for example. <laughs> I'm comparing myself with Ken Dodd. But Ken Dodd used to do like weekly variety, which was like a week. Yeah. Now, well, before he died, obviously, he was doing yeah. one night stands. And I think that's mostly what theatre is now, one night stands. Yeah, and the, his reputation was that mm. the shows would go on for hours and hours and hours. Oh, gosh. Yes, mine was only two hours, but, uh, well, 90 minutes. Hours, so, um it was yeah. great, but it was great fun. So I did the John and Misery show. And yes. then um, it was the last of the summer wine. Yeah, that's right. Um, how was that going? Well, before the <laughs> pandemic. <going> well, <laughs> you may well ask. You may well ask. Um, like every, well, the tour started for last of the summer wine, which I was recreating the episodes of the sitcom on stage. Oh, right. And I was, uh, I was, it was a one-man show, but I was doing all the characters. Oh, um, It was I was six shows in to a 50-odd date tour and the pandemic struck. So um, that was obviously cancelled. I caught COVID. I caught COVID. Yes, I was struck down with it. So you're pretty close to the start of it all then? I was. I was in in at the very beginning. I mean, everybody's sort of COVID stories are different. The last year, Mm. everyone's had different experiences. So I was touring in a show all around the country, Halifax, all... Surrey, Walton on Thames, everywhere. And I was six shows in to this long tour when I began feeling ill. And this was late February. And of course, the lockdown hadn't happened. Nobody really knew anything about what to do. So I did these last few shows. No one was Um, unsure of the uh, symptoms either. Well, exactly, yes. I didn't know if I'd had it. I was one of the lucky ones. Um, I went to hospital for a day and they wired my lungs up and um, they said my heart and lungs are long enough to recover at home. So uh, that's what I did. Of course, the tour was cancelled. and yeah. But I was yeah. very lucky that just as the tour was cancelled and everything was locked down, I had a book commission. So oh, fab. during the lockdown, I was able to write a book and uh, that's coming out in a few weeks. So Great. Was... You've got two recently. One was in the... Written last year, and then you got the one that's 
I think it's on pre-order, is it, as well? Well, yes, I've uh, my several books published, but the previous one to this was a history of comedy yeah. called Keeping Quiet, history of visual, <sighs> which was a sort of tie-in to my TV series, Pompadour, which was an old comedy with Matt Lucas. Yes, the whole thing of, like, slapstick and quiet slapstick, comedy yes. is not... It's not very... It's kind of like it started dying out in the days of Charlie Chaplin. Well, in a way, but my book was a sort of celebration of how it hasn't actually declined. But you make a very good point. People sort of think it's old-fashioned, but it carried on, visually carried on with uh, loads of great comedians, Pierre Attay and uh, even Ronnie Barker, Eric Sykes, all those people. Oh, of course. My book was a celebration of visual comedy after the introduction of sound. So it was right up from nine, the late 20s when sound came in. To yes. Because the there, were, there were dozens of Jerry Lewis, all the way up to, I mean, Chucklevision that I wrote for for several years. So that was my book that came out previously. But this current book coming out in a couple of weeks is a um, completely different topic. It's a history of living on rivers uh, and canals in Britain. I grew up on a houseboat, you see. So, um, yeah. And this publisher got in touch with me to say, do you want to write a book? Pitch us an idea. It was a history publisher, the History Press. Okay. I, during the, lock, at the beginning of the lockdown, when I was struck down with COVID, I started looking back at my childhood and how I grew up on a houseboat. And I thought, that was very distinct, really. You know, I wonder if I already know what it's like to grow up on a houseboat. So, it sounds really complex and quite hard because I was thinking about it and it's like, how do you do things like wash your clothes, wash your... Dishes, cook, and things like that. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's like it's a bit like caravanning, really. It's kind of you're on, you know, but you're not on the road, you're on the river, obviously. But um, but um, it's these communities of houseboats are all over the country. And yeah. as I researched it, I was way back into ancient times, medieval times. And that's how yeah. they would transport coal around the country as well, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah, the Great Canal Age. In fact, I've made a mistake. There were about 70,000 people okay. living on the canals in the, in the Golden Age. That's the book. It's called Water Gypsies, and it's coming out um, in a couple of weeks. The history Ooh, of fab. And where can people so, find that then? Uh, well, um, it's they can pre-order it from the History Press website, and it's available everywhere, really, wherever you get your books. Oh, fabulous. Ideally, a bookshop that, you know, yeah, has sort of, of few far between. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's that's what I've um, gone into um, during my lockdown. But uh, I do yearn to get back to the Of course, yes. There's nothing like the buzz of going on stage and performing, is there? Or performing in front of a camera. It's great. It's like meat and drink for any performer. I was going to ask you about one of your books. It was the Shakespeare one. Oh, um, yes. Shakespeare's um, Journey Home, yeah. It's basically, it's a book that retraces Shakespeare's journey from London to Stratford. It's an historical book, which is tries to bring Shakespeare's life. Um, I've always been a Shakespeare fanatic, as many actors are. I've been in a few Shakespeare's. You'd, you'd have to be living under a rock to not know who Shakespeare is. Well, of course, yes. We're talking, of course, of William Shakespeare, not, um, not Albert Shakespeare. <laughs> yes, it was, um, yeah, I'd done lots of Shakespeare thinking back, and it was great fun. I did a very low-budget version of Macbeth once, you reminded me. Oh, um, it was absolutely hysterical. In the oh, early no. Couldn't afford proper props. And I don't know if you know that at the end of Macbeth, production of Macbeth, Macduff 
kills Macbeth and he brings Macbeth's head on, doesn't he, at the end of the play. Yeah. And he says something like, behold, the usurper's cursed head. And he throws the head. And that's a big scene. Yes. Couldn't afford a prop. Of course not. So our head was basically one of the, it was made of polystyrene. It was like one of those, I think it was the head of, you know, those shop mannequins. Yeah. Where they're just white polystyrene. Yes. And what we did was we just put a wig on it, stuck a wig <laughs> on it, and drew a face on it. It was ridiculous. Oh, no, it and so bounced. You've, you've just you've <laughs> said the punchline because basically Macduff came on, behold, the usurper's cursed head. And he threw the head to the stage and it bounced like a ball across the stage. <laughs> the audience were in fits. So that was. Um, That's like totally was, ruined the point of the Macbeth. Well, of course. Um, so, I mean, it was uh, that wasn't my finest Shakespeare. Um, yeah, I've done a few Shakespeare's over the years. Interesting so... take on it. Absolutely, <laughs> comedy Macbeth. Um, so, I was inspired to write a book on Shakespeare. So that came out sort of, a few years ago, Shakespeare's Journey Home, oh, which um, I retraced his his journey from London to Stratford, and I traced every single house he would have seen, every single person he would have met. Okay. And. Um, that's quite a lot I, of detail. Yes, I, I I love diving. What do they what do they call it? Deep diving into research. One of the things I like best, actually. What I'm saying, Lucy, is I have these two careers really. Where I write, I write chuckle vision on one side and light entertainment and comedy, for a minute, and yeah. books are sort of. Those are quite serious history books. Okay, and what I've noticed, what with the, some of the reviews, is the way you've written. The, the books is it's like especially the Shakespeare one it's like um so immersive that it's like watching a performance as well was that intentional well I wanted to write and they always say you should write the book read and I suppose my aim was to just bring history to life really just to um so yes I suppose I did immerse myself in the role of Shakespeare as he was mm. uh writing through Elizabethan England. So I had to use a lot of imagination. So I suppose, I think it's not like a novel. I think when you write a novel, that's more like acting. You're basically, the writer is, is um, adopting the character. I think every writer, whatever you're doing, kind of immerses himself. Yeah. So in that sense, it's a bit like acting. So it's a, the acting and the writing work really well together. They're quite, they go in tandem almost. Well, yes, I mean, you play the cards you're dealt, really. I mean, I've always desire to write and always had a desire to perform so you can't sort of ignore that I think acting and writing do go together quite well they knit together because oh, wow. uh, the mediums of performance theatre whether it's theatre or tv or radio it's slightly tricky because you kind of um, you're changing hats a bit yeah because you've got to change gear Almost. Exactly. I remember someone like Alan Bennett. I mean, again, I'm not comparing myself to Alan Bennett, but first <laughs> actor writer who sprang to mind. But he, I mean, he's obviously was an actor. And I remember he said that he was in the audience once, the play he wrote. And he was sitting in the audience and they were laughing and he had this urge because he was partly an actor as well. Yeah. He wished he was on stage getting those laughs. And he sort of felt a little bit shortchanged as being just the writer. I think if you're an actor, if you love acting, you always want the focus. Yes, you want the last, yeah. and everything. 
Yeah, but apart from that, I mean, because some of the things I've written I haven't been in, and it's kind of, but most of the things I have been in, so which has been lucky. Oh, wow. And to bring it back to theatre, uh, once the, like, the pandemic is, well, not quite over, because I suppose it's going to take a while, but um, once the theatres start opening up again, are you going to be touring Last of the Summer Wine again? Hopefully, yes. There's a question about rights to the Last of the Summer Wine. There's also a question of um, whether I'm, my lungs are up to it, really, because COVID did scar my lungs a bit. So whether I could do a 90-minute show on stage or not, I'm not sure. I can do, I mean, things like this, I'm talking fine. <laughs> yeah, you have to project your voice on stage, really, don't you? Well, yes, and it's also the lung power as well. Yeah. Uh, so this is another thing. I don't want to bring it down by talking about COVID too much, but people are sort of have to be wary about people who've had COVID don't always come out of it 100% again. There's, there's the thing called long yes. COVID going to be a huge huge consequence hundreds of thousands of people will be continuing to suffer the response yeah. to covid is not just binary it's not just or you die from it or you there's a huge center of the venn diagram where hundreds of thousands of people get it still suffering that's me i'm afraid so i, I i've got this lung problem but i to be honest it's not so it's, i've adapted so Good. mainly my focus at the moment so is um writing scripts oh TV, and, um i'll carry on writing books fabulous but it's very very nice chatting to you and thank you and for coming on the show fantastic thank you lucy lovely to be here and thank you for having me thank you and i look forward to seeing what you're up to next absolutely watch this space i've got two tv scripts in the pipeline so um oh fabulous hopefully being <laughs> on screen soon yeah that would be awesome and not, not just a zoom screen <laughs> Yes. yes. So thankfully, the cat didn't turn up. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. I, I wouldn't have minded seeing him. <laughs> <laughs>